Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ever been to Delaware? If not, now's the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com. Welcome to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill. And I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. And before we get into this week's show, we just want to do a quick thank you to the Ritz-Carlton Dallas for having us out this week. We did a program with them, their second Live Oak Sessions. We did our fabulous our fabulous wines and film flubs program. And it was just really fun. It was outside outside the door of Fearings. And Doesn't the Ritz-Carlton know how to put it was on just a, a really, show? Absolutely. Listen, we had a lot of people there, and they're sitting at these beautiful tables around the fountain. Big screen set up. You could hear everything. We talked through about 40 different films and maybe five five or so wine pairings. Beautiful wines. And beautiful wines. And, you know... Uh, you were awesome. It was just, it was really, you were awesome. it was really fun. It was, it was. And people it, love wine and they love film and they love talking about it and they love hearing about it. Yeah. It just, it just worked. Which and makes th- what we do here so much fun. And then kind of a side note, I do want to say thank you so much to the ticket. I survived my first um, experience on the ticket radio and <laughs> thank you guys so much for having Sports us. Sports Radio 1310, the ticket is the highest rated uh, radio station actually in North Texas. Yeah. And uh, yes, you did survive and they love you. In fact, at the end of the show, um, they said they'd love to have Gary and Haley back without Gary because they're they're all infatuated. <laughs> well, we because movie time. watching and uh, wine tasting is a sport. And Norm's a big wine guy, so, Norm's so a wine that guy. was a, we had a ball earlier this and week. And Donnie just got back from, from South, South Africa. Africa drinking in Stellenbosch area. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It was it was really great. Just a quick thank you to them. But Way let's get into the show, Gary. Well, this week three new films are off and running in local theaters, including Ridley Scott's violent new horror thriller. It's called Alien Covenant. Starring Michael Fassbender, he was in the last one, Prometheus. And Amy Schumer teams up with Oscar winner Goldie Hawn. It's a nightmare mother-daughter exotic <laughs> vacation to South America. It's a film appropriately called Snatched. And Charlie Hunnam stars as King Arthur in Guy Ritchie's kind of eye-pop and eye-candy pop culture flick called King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Nice. Sword. Sword. For our wines this week, I admit I'm going to take a little bit of leverage on the pairings and and kind of kind of work work the pairings around. Work it, Haley. This is not easy. A little bit. It's a challenge. Ridley Scott actually helped me out a little bit with his film because he's actually a winemaker. So we'll be pairing Alien Covenant with his wine. And I'll take the mythical kind of spiritual stance that we know is a part 
part of King Arthur mm-hmm. to pair with a favorite rosé because it is the season. Wow. And for Snatched, I'm going to pair one of my favorite mother-daughter wines with this silly comedy that that made us both laugh out loud. Yeah, we're not going to say it's a great movie, but we laughed out but loud. We did, <laughs> but first, Gary, you saw Aliens Without Me. I was actually down in Mexico with Patron, which we'll talk about later wow. on, on next week's show. Did you just drop the Patron name? We had a good, it was a really great time at their distillery in Mexico, which again, we'll we'll get into on next week's show. But for this week's show, Gary, let's talk about Aileen Cotton. That's right. While you're drinking Patron and hanging out at the Hacienda, I'm in a theater, a darkened movie theater, watching Alien Covenant, and I'm pumped and I'm ready to go. I'm a huge Ridley Scott fan. Uh, and of course, this is, I think, somewhere, it's the second installment in the prequel series. It's the sixth overall Alien film, and of course, Ridley Scott did the first one. I think he's done, um, this is probably his third of these. He doesn't direct them all the time. It's Michael Fassbender and Catherine Waterston and Billy Crudup, who we like a lot, yeah. Danny McBride. And, of course, it kind of picks up after uh, Prometheus, which I thought was a disappointing alien movie. In fact, at the end of Prometheus, I started thinking that big giant guy looked like he just got off Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> And he's one of the muscle guys. He's one of the strongmen. Yeah, he's one of the strongmen. And he looked a lot like it. And listen, technically, these films are really good. This one's a little bit better than Prometheus. And so what happens is there's this ship, kind of like passengers, with over a 1,000 people on board going to this new place to colonize. And, of course, uh, something goes wrong, and they they get this pling, pling, and they're going to go rescue what's ever going on. And it's like, it's a horror film. Don't go in the basement. (laughs) Just don't go in the basement. But they have to go in the basement because it's really become a horror film uh, rather than a sci-fi film. And so they get there and there's the old Prometheus ship and then there's the robot, uh, Michael Fassbender. But there's a crew member that's also a robot on the Covenant ship. And he's played by Michael Fassbender. And so they look at their twins. Ooh. They're just one's an earlier model of the same one Ooh. with the same looks. And they have scenes together. And it's that's the coolest part of this film. The other thing, I think it's a cheap trick, is that they go to this planet and it you can breathe the air. And it looks like Jurassic Park. And and huh. so they don't have to, you know, they right. can, they can they breathe the air. They don't have to be in spacesuits and... And so they're running around. There's all kinds of things going on, and they're they're running around. And the baby aliens look like velociraptors, and the big <laughs> aliens look like large velociraptors. And they're they're creepy, and they're, it, they're really bloody. And they're just ripping people to shreds in this movie. So it's gory horror. Gory horror, and I think that's go- a lot of sci-fi. I think it's going to help the franchise in attracting maybe a new audience. But it kind of def- it's defecting from its original, right? And I don't I don't want to be one of these purists, but the first Alien movie and Aliens, directed by James Cameron, are two of the Which greatest first two films ever made. You can put them in in one hand of with Godfather and Toy Story, and I mean you put them right in there because these are great. films. I like that you just um, put Godfather and the Toy Story because in the same part genre. ones and part two of movies are are usually they, it's really rare to have them both be very good. Absolutely, and I, and I think you can throw Alien and Aliens in there. Well, because Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. I think Back. you can put Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back in there. And uh, but we might go one or two more and that's probably mm-hmm. about it. And the it's well, just Well, you don't I think the new Star Wars could probably go in there cuz you liked Rogue One a lot. I'm a huge fan of the last two. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of what they're doing with Star. I'm a the huge Star fan Wars. of what Disney's doing now with their with their live action remakes and what they're doing with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like a big winemaker who's buying the small boutique wines but letting them show and flourish. Right. 
Disney's doing the right thing in their in their movie department right, right now. And I couldn't say that 10 years ago. And you probably then couldn't say it for this particular No, film. not at all. I think this isn't <laughs> I think this I, I don't grade movies, but I kind of want to grade this as a B minus. Okay. Or, that's yeah. actually better than That's I, not an awful score. And I didn't hate the film, but the uh, I'll say this, and we say it every once in a while. The more I think about Alien Covenant, the worse it gets. Yeah. But when I watched it, I liked it and it it was okay. It's kind of entertaining. It's very entertaining, very violent, really squeamish. And then, uh, and here's the other thing. I, I want to say one other thing. When you see the first Alien movie and the second Alien movie, and God bless the great Bill Paxton who was yeah. in the second one, yeah. you get to know the crew. And the crew, is a, the crew is really important because they all kind of die one at a time. Mm-hmm. And... In this one, you don't really care about any of the crew members. You just really care about Michael Fassbender seeing himself as another android. And it just, Who is not, yeah, the crew is not ex- real anymore. The crew is expendable now, yeah. and that's what that's what keeps it from being a really good film. It's not written or fleshed out. So you're well. not, you have no emotional attachment to any person in the film. No, my only emotional attachment is stay away from the little velociraptor alien babies. <laughs> That's it. Were they at least cute? Are they cute? No, they're not cute. Okay. They're vicious. They'll, they'll tear your head off. Well, I mean, because like even... It's a ferocious bunny. Even, even, you know, even crazy dogs were at one point a little puppy dog. Well, and I said that, you know, there's that first Alien movie scares the daylights out of me, and I know it's slow, but, you know, we have a, we have ADD audiences now, yeah. and we have, to, we have to fly through things. And, and, and no, you don't, but they do. That's just the That's choice the that Ridley word. Scott made. So I think it's a B minus. I don't think it's a great movie. And the more I think about it, the worse it gets. Well, maybe we can have a good glass of wine. Then. Let's do. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm a big Ridley Scott fan. We are, and 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 he in his films has shown that he is a wine lover. He made a good year. A good year with Russell Crowe. Which and and um, what's her name? I can't I remember her name. Love her It'll so come to much. us. But we uh, like her a lot. And. About the the lovely uh, kind of chateau in in the Rhone region and in near Provence, Provence yeah. in, in France, Marion Cotillard. Marion Cotillard, um, a very young Marion Cotillard. That I actually had a chance several years ago to go to that that winery in France, which you were was there? actually very cool. And you saw the building, and, and, and you saw the drove building, up, and we and we actually did like? we did a tasting with the family that owns it, and wow. and kind of all the vineyards. It's it's actually a, a really beautiful place, and it's probably. How Ridley Scott, or or why Ridley Scott chose his particular vineyard and winery to produce his wine, because it's in the Luberon region, which is right, um, kind of right on the edge of Provence in mm-hmm. in the Rhone, so in southern part of of France, growing you know very very earthy, spicy, meaty kind of Syrahs, Grenache, Mouved to make these beautiful hearty Rhone red blends. His winery is actually called Mas de Infirmiers. I hope that that is correct. Um, but it's inspired by natural springs that actually have been fed through centuries through this this part of the Rhone through through the Lubron Mountains. Um, his first vintage was two thousand nine, okay. and has continued to to kind of produce wines from this region over the the last few years. So maybe drink a really good Rhone red. Even a Cote de Rhone would probably be better than than this um, particular film. I love that Ridley Scott makes wine. Yeah. 
And he made a wine movie. He made a, and it's a beautiful, you know, it may not be the best movie ever about wine, but it's a really good one. I love it. I, I think, think it's, it's so really, charming. I think the second half of the movie is really good. I just don't think Russell Crowe's a comedy actor. Maybe that's A romantic what it is. comedy actor. Yeah, yeah. He was and a little odd in it. I, I always felt he was a little off in it. We loved her a lot. Uh-huh. The, all those outdoor courtyard scenes where she works at the restaurant yeah. are beautiful, but, but, and it has a great ending. Yeah, I I think it's cool, but that he makes wine because there's so many wine filmmakers that make wine. There's so many. There's a lot of them. Yes, there's a lot of act. Well, they they lend their names to them often, but some of them get involved. Actually, are very involved in that process, and that's what's kind of exciting. And it's fun when you can find a a, a really good pairing for for some of these films being. So made. his French one is is called Mas des Infirmiers. De- yeah. M A S D E S I N F I R N. We'll have a link to his website. Yeah. <laughs> to his winery on our, no, our I, website. I, I liked it. Okay. So we got a, a we got an okay movie at best, and then we have sounds like a much better wine. Yes. When we come back on wine and film a perfect pairing, Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn play a mother and daughter on a South American vacation. And Charlie Hunnam plays King Arthur with a twist in Guy Ritchie's new film, and we will be right back. And welcome back to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. You know, that's the show where movies and wine go hand in hand, or in this case, couple to couple. <laughs> that, would, that would be you and me. Okay, Snatched is a mother-daughter uh, movie. Uh, it became part of uh, kind of an unexpected adventure. They go on a vacation because she loses her boyfriend she in the opening dumped. scene. She gets dumped. And they're going up all places. This is also kind of odd. Like, if you're going on a romantic vacation, Ecuador wouldn't be the... My first choice. <laughs> but hey, it looked lovely. It was all-inclusive. <laughs> And so, uh, and she, and she, she'll lose the deposit and everything unless she finds somebody to go with her. And of course, her mother goes with her. And and it's played by Goldie Hawn, who won the Oscar for her first big film, Cactus Flower, yeah. uh, with Walter Matthau years ago. Goldie Hawn starred in Spielberg's first major motion picture, and uh, and I, and it was a train movie, and it was all shot in um, East Texas. Right, it was actually. in Texas. Yeah. yeah. And but but. Uh, it's inspired by the relationship that the writer, whose name is Katie Dipold or Dipold, D-I-P-P-O-L-D, inspired by her relationship with her mother. I don't know what that relationship was like. Inspired should be for anything for comedy. Uh, it's directed by Jonathan Levine, and of course it's Amy Schumer, Goldie Hawn, and then it's got Weird Joan Cusack and the, <laughs> and the great Wanda Sykes. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to say a couple things here. This is a complete formula movie. Uh-huh. This is this could be mother daughter. It could be two best, best friends. friends. This film has been made a million times. Sisters, absolutely. Yeah, and it's under the cover of we're just going to go on a vacation, and of course there's a kidnapping and stuff happens, yeah. and they all hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose, and guys are not what they appear in this movie. <laughs> oh, that's Hands, so shocking. Handsome yeah. guys at the beach who offer. <laughs> <laughs> you a drink or probably have some sort of ulterior motive. And I'm going to say 20 things. I could say 20 things that are wrong with this film because, and there's a lot of people that don't like this film at all. Yeah. I think we're on 30 or 40 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so it's it's not getting great notices. It made some pretty good money. It came in second over the weekend. I'm going to say all these things that are wrong with it. And you know what? I laughed out loud. We both did. A bunch. Yeah. 
It's, I will say. Is that because we actually had a bottle of wine in your purse? Gary Cogill. No, I didn't say that. say that. Oh, I would never, ever do anyway, that. Anyway, um, I think it's because Amy Schumer 1 reminds us so much of your oldest daughter. So that that could be a funny <laughs> Amy little. Amy Schumer reminds me of Craig, <laughs> of does. my oldest daughter. <laughs> so there's always this kind of funny little, little, little moment there. But there are definitely some kind of laugh out loud moments. Amy there Schumer are. is funny. She's funny the, and she's vulgar. The, yes. The. Um, the script may not be that good. It certainly wasn't Trainwreck, but Trainwreck's a very funny, funny good film. Yes, but yeah. but there's there are definitely laugh out loud moments. This movie needed LeBron James. <laughs> needed like Trainwreck had LeBron James. Yes, and that's LeBron, what so cool. who's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is Goldie Hawn's first film too since 2002 when she was in the Banger Sisters. So it's been a long. That's a long that time. That was in 2002. Yeah, that this this is it's been. 15 years for her. Wow. So it's been a long, long time. She doesn't look any different. Or she's just kind of poofier. <laughs> You're saying Goldie Hawn looks poofier? She, she's she's enjoying her um, her spa treatments. That's a quote for a movie coming up. Go see, <laughs> go, go see Snatch. Goldie Hawn looks poofier. You know, I, I, I just, once again, I, when it comes on cable, I'll watch it. And it'll, it'll come down and I'll mm-hmm. probably roll my eyes through half of it. Kind of, you know. And uh, kind of like Anderson Cooper. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets funny, I, I won't roll my eyes. I'll just kind of laugh. I'll just kind of laugh. Out loud. There's a scene with a tapeworm. Yes, there is. I'm just going to say a tapeworm. That's all you need to say. You can draw your own conclusions. And man, I... <laughs> the other side of I Goldie Hawn, though, because now I feel bad for saying she was poofy. She is doing some really great things in schools and, yes, and inspiring is. kids and, and giving kids the, the, the joy and the momentum to to be good students and to be smarter and yeah. to, to take a mind break and and to to learn in the best setting you can. So I I actually really appreciate that about her. Yeah, you know, I have lots of good things to say about her. I always thought she was really funny. And she's funny. And, and really funny. And she was just the biggest movie star for a long time after laughing when she got into movies and won an Oscar right away. But at the same time, when she did the first Wives Club and puffed her lips out and started, <laughs> you know, and started wh- the poopy, whatever they call that, that collagen or whatever, <laughs> you know, and and she's so tan now, and yeah. it's it's just uh, God bless Goldie Hawn. The movie's not great, but we laughed a lot. We out laughed loud. a lot. I'm going to yes. leave that there. So we laughed a lot out loud, and and so this very kind of silly mother-daughter film. I thought it would be very fun to pair with a wine from Sonoma from a mother-daughter team. Nice. It's actually one that a couple years ago or last year because we talked about it on the show we went out to Sonoma for their um, kind of wine country weekend and mm-hmm. I was introduced to a, a new winery. I'd never um, heard of them before and then now I'm excited that I know about them called Trombetta which was started by Ricky Trombetta Stancliffe. Um, grew up, it's a, she grew up in Sonoma. She um, grew up in a food-loving Italian family her family didn't really ever drink a lot of wine, though. But they loved. How can food. you grow up in an Italian family and not drink? Wine? And not drink a lot of wine. Didn't. Yes, okay. they just it just wasn't part of their. They entertained a lot, though. They had wine in their house, but it wasn't something that she ever really saw her parents yeah. um, getting into. But they certainly were into food. They were into the whole kind of lifestyle and and celebration of food and wine together. Um, then she married and continued to live in Sonoma, and and then kind of with her husband. Joined this this kind of like little home winemaking group, and I want to be invited. I know, and then they so she kind of became a, a home winemaker, which you actually can do very easily throughout yeah. California and and you no know, country or wine regions that have a lot of of grapes readily available. You can kind of do that, yeah. which is 
really cool. Sorcia grapes make wine. She got very into it. The, she and her husband both did, and and then started taking classes at UC Davis, and and you know, kind of said this was something that that she wanted to pursue. And and as every great kind of circumstance happened, she she met a. a friend through a mutual friend and it was Paul Hobbs. Paul Hobbs is the guy she met as through friend. Through a friend. Just kind of on a, a okay, random that's the kind great of Paul Hobbs. And I adore Paul. I think yeah. that he is he's one of of the best winemakers in Napa Valley had a, has had a very long career working places like Stag's Leap Wine Cellars. I think he went through Robert Mondavi at one point. Um, but he has his Paul Hobbs winery. He has um, he has been a Cobos in Argentina. He's kind of, he has been credited as as really helping a lot of the Argentines because he worked down there, I want to say for Catena, um, for, for, as, as they were trying to re, kind of, I don't want to say rebrand, but re-under, relaunch, re- start, start reconsidering. That's mm-hmm. probably the best, yeah. the best way to say it. Um, how Malbec was being produced because Malbec in Argentina had kind of typically been just the, the variety that everybody grew. They grew it in, in a very kind of mass production state. So it was a lot of juice, maybe not as much character. And he, he helped them kind of change how they were growing fruit, being a little bit smarter, smaller. You know, we always say that that smaller quantity versus large quantity is better, making it a little bit higher quality, and and helped a lot of the Argentines kind of change how Malbec is produced and and to where Malbec is now actually one, you know, a really, really yeah. um, highly elevated, very, you know, high quality and and really beautiful wine from from Argentina. And then again, like I said, has has his winery, uh, his, his couple different wineries in, in California. He also has one that he launched, I want to say, maybe two years ago up in the Finger Lakes doing Riesling in, in New York. So Fun. he's he's awesome. Okay, so they met. She He inspired her through... All of these, you know, different scenarios. They, she and her husband, Rick, Ricky, and, and her husband Roger, started Trombetta, named after her father. And again, just you never know how things will will take you. Their daughter, that grew up also in Sonoma, she she just had this very early knack for understanding characteristics in wine. Even in wow. grade school, she was able to kind of taste those different flavors in wine and, and pick up on the aromatics and be able to identify specific spice notes or specific fruit notes. And and she got her enology degree from Fresno State, is now their kind of day-to-day hands-on winemaker. I want to say Paul is still involved as their consultant, but mother and daughter kind of out there doing it to, with with Ricky as, as kind of the lead in, in sales and then her daughter in the winery. Wow, Trombetta. Trombetta, yes. And uh, they do lovely Pinot Noirs. Their first wine was a Gap's Crown Pinot Trom- Noir from Sonoma Coast. Wow. And it's just kind of a fun... So she ends up in wine, didn't start out to be in wine. Right. And then the daughter is really is attached to it, even at a young age, yeah. and they make wines. Oh, that's just awesome. So it's maybe... That's um, awesome. And, and as we saw at the end of Snatched, I'll give it away. It's been out a week, so that's okay. They make up, and then they start traveling together, and they're like best friends. Yay. 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 <laughs> Let's talk about King, King Arthur. Arthur, legend of the sword. Sword. Okay. Uh, uh, Guy Ritchie, uh, Guy Ritchie was doing these Sherlock Holmes movies. And we go all the way back to Snatched and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Different Snatched. Yeah. 
Different, yeah. <laughs> Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke and Barrels, which I think are really wonderful films. But he's never never got past, he's never got up to that level again, I don't think. And of course, this is Charlie Hunnam, who was in The Lost City of Z and Great, and I think that's an Oscar-level film. It's got Jaiman Hansu in it. It's got Jude Laws, the bad guy. Yeah. Eric, Eric Bana is in it, supporting roles. Uh, the film bombed opening weekend. It did about $15 million. It came in third uh, it's projected to lose around 150 million oh. now. I, I don't know if it will. You know, it's got to open again. It's got to continue and see what it does this weekend. It was pretty full when we saw it in in the theater. I thought it was a half half of a film. I thought it was kind of interesting the way it started. It's the whole backstory, right? It's, so it's it's pre Guinevere. It's pre Guinevere. So there's pre no Guinevere in it. It's pre exactly. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. Arthur is basically trying to become king. It is the opposite of Camelot. Yes, it is. Stylistically, every, everything about it. Every everything about it. It's, yes. it's, it's an, another movie for ADD. And I'm <laughs> just going to so say confusing. that. It, it's it, And it's got elephants the size. They're 10, 20-story yeah. tall elephants. They're not two-story. No. They're huge. The, the thing about it, it seems like they... It's very Lord of the Ringsy. It's very Lord of the Rings and very... I don't even know. And that's not a good analogy. No, it's no. it, it 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 was all over the board. It's a fantasy film, so mm-hmm. it looks like a fantasy film. It looks like King Kong could walk in any minute, actually, and start wiping people out. And then Godzilla could show up, but he doesn't. And then Lord of the Rings, you know, Gandalf. We we right? It's Merlin Gandalf. And <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not. And and so half of it I kind of liked. Yeah, half of it I kept watching, and I really liked the music score a lot. I thought it was really cool, and it was different and edgy. But the movie's not edgy at all. So busy. It's confusing, and it's kind of convoluted. And I don't think it's a very good film at all. I was really, really disappointed in it because I, I I knew it wasn't going to be a great film, and nobody was writing really great things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it started off with really, really low-rated film, and so sometimes you're surprised and think, "Well, what? You know, this is better than that." And it wasn't. In fact, by the end of it, I, I, I couldn't get out of the theater fast enough. Mm-hmm. I was ready to go. I was ready to go halfway through. So it didn't work for me. I'm just, I, I didn't connect with it. I didn't, didn't really care about it. And it's huge. It's a huge. What's huge, the budget on that film? I have Do you no know? idea. It's got to be over 100 million. Oh yeah. Yeah, well over that. Well, I expected to lose 150 million, and it's a. And it's made fifteen million, so it's might it might have been close to two hundred million. I have to look that up. So I'll get back to you on the budget. Oh, thank that you. Yeah. And and I'll say maybe a, a wine that's doing much better budget wise. Yeah, can we can we, can we, <laughs> can we in, actually have a really good wine to, to pair with this? Let's take good wine with it, not not so good. So film. I admit I am going to take complete leverage on this one. So um, within the film. We do see the Lady of the Lake that we know through through legend of Arthur Pendragon that mm-hmm. the Lady of the Lake is who gave Arthur the sword, okay. gave Arthur Excalibur. So what is the Lady of the Lake? Is she a water nymph? Is she a is she a witch? Is she just a How do you know she's a witch? Is she a spirit? She looks like one. Is she an angel just coming through the, the sky? <laughs> she turned me into a newt. So, I thank got you, better. Merlin. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to say that maybe she's an angel and pair with Whispering Angel Rosé. Okay, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> We've got a pairing, people. Whispering Angel 
which is uh, Chateau Desclans, their, um, it was almost their entry-level wine. The, it's a winery in Provence um, started by Sasha Lachine, um, whose family owns a rather large chateau in mm-hmm. Bordeaux. But yeah. he kind of went off on his own. There's not very many small chateaus 2006 in and started... Um, Started the winery, bought about I want to say 150 acres of of a lot. vines mm-hmm. in Provence. Kind of a struggling winery at the time. Rosé wasn't very hot, so uh, he thought that their kind of lead wine was going to be their hundred dollar bottle of Provence Rosé, as as we've seen several of them there's some it, that's not an uncommon thing that's hard to pay 100 for it's a hard rose. to pay but there are beautiful ones and i sure. there are ones i would actually i i would be thrilled to because it's a really beautiful wine even though it's a wine that you do drink very young but along with this they released their whispering angel and it was almost it was kind of their secondary wine it wasn't supposed to be something that that would get all the the fame and the acclaim and yet this wine has just taken off their first vintage they released 160,000 bottles. They are on wow. Right now, 2016, they are supposed to release 4.6 million bottles of Whispering from the Angel. 2016 vintage, and they'll probably sell all of them. And they'll sell all of them. And this is also the interesting thing I've said a few times on the show, uh, just because I do love rosés from Provence. That is the the place to look for great rosé. It's it's has all of those beautiful herb de Provence notes. It's made from Syrah, Grenache, and so it's it's going to have lots of juicy fruit flavors, lots of watermelon and tangerine. I love a rosé from Provence. But the interesting thing about many wineries in Provence is that 85% of of the wines that are produced in Provence stay in Provence. They sell them directly out the, their their back doors to everybody going down the French Riviera for their summer holiday. Ninety-two percent of the wines that that whispering of ninety-two percent of Whispering Angel is actually exported, of which I want to say America gets like twenty percent of it. Wow! Yes, so so they're flipping that. Usually yeah. they sell out of their just they, home, but they're they, they that have one. they have figured out the export what market and they have ex, they're exporting this beautiful wine. It's a great little wine. I think the first time we had it was was probably not long after is it reasonable first vintage yeah we had it um we had it parigi early early on right up like probably like 2008 2010 um i love this i do love this wine i want to say it's probably like a 20 dollar rosé it's it's similar to like a miraval or or a a dominat or something like that nice really 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 nice really beautiful and it of course has a beautiful rosé packaging that all the the rosés from And does it look really, like salmon color? It's a very light color cuz I know that that's what you like. That's my deal in that's my deal in rosés. I like that lighter you color. You want to it's you know that it's I don't want it on the skin's too long. The that's very good. But the nice thing about it is very very light and it hasn't the fruit hasn't been on the the juice hasn't stayed on the skin very long so it does just get that like hint of pink. Um, which makes it a wine you can drink all day, hence rosé all day. Yeah. Um, it's maybe not something you want to pair with something maybe a little heartier. Because I actually think the rosés that do have a little bit of a, a richer, deeper color yes. will be a better kind of food pairing wine. But this is the kind of wine you do. You you open it early in the day. You keep it nice and chilled. Enjoy it. I love it. Yeah. Whispering Angel. Way to upgrade the movie. <laughs> King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Yes. Hey, coming up on Saturday, June the third. So wrap your head around this. We're gonna we're guests of the city of Waxahachie. I can't wait. We're we're doing a Waxahachie uh, Texas Wine and Film event in the Waxahachie Civic Center. Saturday, June third. It starts at six o'clock in the evening. 
if you go to the Crossroads Film Festival, ff.com for film festival, Crossroads Film Festival, uh, Crossroads of Texas, ff.com, or... Uh, to get you can, their tickets. You can get tickets. And we'll put that up on our website at some point, too. Yeah, we'll put but it on our Facebook. Tender Mercies, website. Places in the Heart, Bonnie and Clyde, Urban Cowboy, Apollo 13, Waiting for Guffman, Bernie, Boyhood, No Country for Old Men. We're going to talk through movies, and we're going to and you're going to pair wines with well, the movies we're talking the to. the nice thing about this also, because, yes, we have great wines that are being made in Texas, but we're actually taking it a step further. And so we're going to pair all of these great films made in Texas with wines with the Texas connection. Exactly. Because though we'll have a few Texas wines, there are so many wines that that have been produced from winemakers that that either have roots in Texas or or have lived in, in one part of Texas at some point. So yeah. I'm really excited about the, the yeah, wine I hope selections. to see you in Waxahachie. Yeah, so it's Crossroads of Tex Crossroads of, of TXFF.com. Yes. We'll have it on our our Facebook also, but also, if if you can't get enough of us, we've got a couple tickets left for our Dallas Uncorked anniversary event. It's on June 5th. DallasUncorked.org has uh, all our details. I think we only have like four or five tickets left, but we'd love to have you there. Yeah, but it's dinner at Sue's. It's dinner at Sue's. Julian Fayard is, is our guest with our Napa Valley kind of the winemaker's star. coming in for your dinner. Yes, he and, and we've got a couple people from his, his wineries that are coming in, so it's going nice. to be a really, really great time. Good. Well, next week on Cogill, Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, two more big-budget summer films, and yes, my sights are low or average. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, stars in the big-screen 2017 version of Baywatch with Zac Efron and India's most famous actress, Miss World 2000, Priyanka Chopra. Can't wait to see her. Also, Johnny Depp, <laughs> Jeffrey Rush, Javier Bardem, Kieran Knightley, Orlando Bloom, they're all in part five of the Pirates of the Caribbean film series. I can't wait. I already actually know both of my pairings for these you films. Do? I am I am psyched for the for at least the, Just the pairing. Pairing wine with Baywatch is going to be fun. It's going to be very fun. But for um, if you'd like any more information on the wines or films we covered today, please check out our blog on CogillConsulting.com or through Cogill Wine and Film on Facebook. Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill and see what we're drinking now. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas and Court. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ever been to Delaware? If not, now's the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com.